Welcome. 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 Stand and welcome. Hello, good evening and welcome to Discovery. 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 Listen to Discovery. Discovery. <gasps> Discovery. Discovery. Sounds like a lot of fun. Somewhere in space. This may all be happening right now. Now to the speeded up brain of a user, that sound lasts for four hours and sounds like this. Discovery. Uh, yeah. Yes, welcome back and thank you for joining us on another week at Discovery, your national science radio program. Now, you should stick around this morning. We're going to be talking about, well, actually, Noel's going to be taking a look at throat singing. Yes, the soothing sound of singing from the throat. And then Matt's going to be bringing us up to date with the new advances on all the different ethical issues that are surrounding cloning at the moment. I'm Jackie Peffer, but before we can get to all of those fascinating stories, let's get brought up to date with what's happening in this world of science when we pass over to Ian with the news. Psychiatrist Yvonne Ulrich Ley at the University of Cincinnati says that eating sugar lowers your stress levels, except no substitutes. Her research team put the rats through a standard physical and psychological stress challenge after two weeks of allowing one group to drink sugar water every day. Her conference poster and press release don't mention how the rats were distressed. The stress hormones, called glucocorticoids, were measurably lower in the rats who drank sugar water than in the rats that drank saccharin or plain water. The best guess is that glucocorticoid production is lowered by the body's mechanism to control sugar in the bloodstream, but only more research will tell us for sure. These stress hormones help the body defend itself under difficult conditions, but they have harmful side effects when the stress of modern life goes on for just too long. Too much stress can cause abdominal obesity and lower your immunity to disease. The natural conclusion seems to be that people are self-medicating themselves to feel less distressed. However, there are some aspects of the rat model that don't seem to transfer to humans. The rats that drank the sugar water automatically ate less food so they didn't put on weight. We don't know how this works for the rats. If humans could do the same thing, then eating sugar wouldn't contribute to getting fat and would have one less thing to get distressed about. Meditation is a bodybuilding exercise for the brain. Sarah Lizer, the lead author of the study at Harvard Medical School's Massachusetts General Hospital, scanned the brains of people who practice insight meditation and saw that the parts associated with attention, working memory, decision-making, sensory processing and sensitivity to stimulation originating within the body got thicker and healthier. Insight or mindfulness meditation is a non-religious form of meditation that involves watching your breath and simply watching, rather than reacting to, mental and physical events as they arise. You listen to the traffic, to the air conditioner, feel the chair, watch the thoughts and memories bubble up, but just let it all happen without getting involved. Just focus on your breath going in and out. It takes a special form of concentration not to concentrate, but anyone can learn it. The people in the study meditated for 40 minutes every day. Some people had only a year's experience, and some had 30 years' experience. The scans showed that their cortexes were thicker than the people who didn't meditate. In the brain, thicker is healthier and more connected. The more years of practice the meditators had, the thicker their cortex. The prefrontal cortex and the right anterior insula also get thinner with age. Dr. Lazar says that this suggests that meditation may help prevent age-related brain deterioration. Another study with people who have no experience in meditation have shown that meditating for 40 minutes immediately before a task showed significant improvement in performance. 
having a 40-minute nap with an hour to recover from the grogginess also improved performance. The test at the University of Kentucky in Lexicon involved staring at an LCD screen and pressing a button as soon as an image pops up. Dr. Lazar pointed out that the growth of the cortex was not due to the growth of new neurons, but resulted from wider blood vessels, more supporting structures such as glia, sorry, glia and astrocytes, and increased branching connections. Meditate, and it will get bigger and better. In the war on piracy, Sony have put together the skull and crossbones and turned pirate themselves. They're being sued for secretly planting software that damaged computers on their music CDs. Computer security specialists found that millions of computers have been compromised by simply playing music CDs of Frank Sinatra, Celine Dion and 50 other titles. Sony can no longer be trusted to release safe CDs. Sony were concerned that people who play music on a computer might copy the CD they bought, so they secretly put on a program called a rootkit on CDs that hackers use that would stop the PC or Macintosh from copying music. This hacker's software installs itself on your computer invisibly and is not detected by any antivirus programs. The CDs also come with a special user license that nobody's ever needed to play music before because Sony wants more respect for copyright than the law allows. In releasing the software, Sony illegally violated the copyright of the lame MP3 encoder people. Apparently it's okay to violate copyright to protect copyright. It takes a pirate to catch a pirate. The nasty software they install also spies on you and shows how you use your computer and sends this information secretly back to Sony. Sony have admitted this, but they assure everyone they don't look at the information they receive. The software also leaves your computer open to any hacker on the internet. Amazon offering to refund people who bought contaminated CDs, but Sony are unrepentant. Thank you for the news, Ian. Now, Noel's got an interesting story for us this week, and with a bit of a sound that you won't believe, it's all about throat singing. So over to you, Noel. Do not adjust your set. The sound you are hearing is what is known as throat or harmonic singing. While it may not sound like the top 40 music you're used to, Harmonic singing is a popular form of music in many parts of the world, most notably Tuva. Tuva? Never heard of it? Well, this small country in the Russian Federation is home to a nomadic people thought to have invented forms of harmonic singing in an effort to replicate sounds from nature. Since then, throat singing, or kume as it is known locally, has become something of a national pastime, with regular international throat singing festivals held.
In order to explain the basics, I'll first need to tell you how we as humans make sounds. Basically, there are two types of sounds we can make. By passing air through a gap in the lips, we can whisper or whistle. Speaking and singing make use of the vocal folds or vocal cords, as you might have heard them called. These are folds of flesh in the throat that can be made to vibrate at different frequencies by tightening the muscles around them. In speech or singing, we produce many frequencies of differing amplitudes in the range 0.2 to 8 kilohertz. So how does this apply to throat singing? Well, the vibration produced by the vocal cords sends pulses of air into the mouth where they can be modified to alter the sound before it comes out. It is possible to emphasize one of the higher frequencies so that it is heard above the others. By changing the shape of the mouth, different notes can be chosen. If you listen to the next example, you can hear a low drone accompanied by a very high-pitched sound. Now I have you interested, you're going to want to know how to make some of these sounds yourself. Luckily, it's not too hard to get started. Open your mouth and sing a note as you would normally. Then, bring your tongue up to the roof of your mouth, forming a cavity at the back. When you sing again, you will hear that the note has been modified. By experimenting with the position of your tongue and the shape of your lips, you should be able to isolate some high-frequency sounds. As I mentioned before, harmonic singing is popular in many parts of the world. In countries such as Mongolia, China, Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan, similar styles of throat singing can be heard to tuva, whereas Canada, South Africa and Italy have developed very different styles. Interestingly, studies of Tibetan monks who use harmonic singing as part of their meditation have shown that their brainwaves are in sync with the frequencies that they are singing. It looks like there might be more to it than you think, so you better get practicing. Well, that certainly was very different, so thank you, Noel. Don't forget, you're listening to Discovery, your national science radio program. Discovery is broadcast via 2SER in Sydney, and we're also broadcast via the Community Broadcasting Network. But now, we've got a special story about plants in space from our Canberrian correspondent, Tim Baines. Imagine trying to create a plant that could survive travel and life in space. Extreme temperatures, drought, radiation and gravitational pressures would pretty much eliminate every candidate plant on Earth. And that's why researchers at North Carolina State University are looking deep underwater for clues on 
how to redesign plants for life deep in outer space. Dr. Wendy Boss, Professor William Reynolds and Dr. Amy Grundon are attempting to transfer the beneficial characteristics from an ancient type of sea-dwelling microbe into plants. The single-celled organism is called Pyrococcus furiosus and it survives in the extreme temperatures inside underwater volcanoes. The research involves extracting a gene and expressing it in plants so they can make use of one of nature's best antioxidant enzymes. That enzyme is called superoxide reductase. Why do plants want to make this enzyme? Well, when plants encounter stressful conditions, the chemical superoxide is produced. This is a signal that essentially puts the plant on alert, but staying too alert too long can be harmful. If not reduced quickly, the superoxide will kill plant cells. Using the gene from the Pyrococcus furiosus microbe, regular plants have been given the ability to make their own superoxide reductase, which enables them to deal with superoxide made under extreme stress. Dr. Wendy Boss commented, if we could add new genes to plants, we could potentially make the plants more resistant to extreme conditions, such as drought and extreme temperatures that we have here on Earth, but also to the extreme conditions that one might find on Mars. But people living on the Arctic Circle shouldn't be rushing out to buy palm trees just yet. It'll take years and much more study before plants will be able to survive outside of their usual habitats. Thank you to Dr. Tim Baines reporting for us there from Canberra. You're listening to Discovery. Do you cry out on your 
vacation takes hold Is it something so good Just can function no more When love, love tears apart again Love, love tears apart again Love Will Tear Us Apart, performed Tuvan style by Yat Car. But now Matt's going to give us a bit of a heads up as to some of the latest developments on the ethical issues surrounding cloning. Yes, well, um, cloning, cloning, it's such a, a, a talked about thing these days. But in fact, it's an idea that's really been around for a long time. So cloning or similar ideas about people making life have been kind of stalwart stories of science fiction pretty much as long as there's been science fiction. This goes right back to, say, the Jewish folktale of the Golem, which is a clay statue brought to life by a, a Kabbalist sorcerer, is an early example. But stories such as, like, Vin- Victor Frankenstein's Monster is a more well-known archetype of cloning sort of stories. But there are many other examples, like Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, in the Star Wars trilogy, all this kind of stuff. It seems to be that stories that apparently are about humans creating life, or playing God, as is the cliched expression, seem to have a mesmeric quality. But what's happened most recently in the world of cloning, and in particular in human cloning? Because there's been, uh, over the last couple of years, one of the leading groups in the world that are conducting cloning research, at this stage, mainly on cloning animals. Um, This was the group in Korea that recently uh, cloned a dog named Snuppy. So a few years ago, a sheep, Dolly, was cloned. Um, but for the first time, um, a dog was cloned, named Snuppy. Um, but this group has been collaborating with uh, American researchers and others around the world. But just in the last week or two, there's been a large split in this research group. And it's all over questions of ethics. Um, and it turns out that um, they're now conducting um, some research into um, human cloning. Now, this is not um, f- cloning complete humans, but cloning humans to the embryo stage where we can get stem cells, which are cells that haven't yet decided what cells they're going to become and hence can be particularly useful for research and also for, for therapeutic uses. Um, but in this research, it's being claimed that some people who um, donated or sold their eggs um, for what they thought were other purposes, the eggs were actually used for cloning research. And there's even been claims that uh, junior I assume female researchers in the research team have been coerced into donating, as it were, some of their eggs um, for this research. Um, was this in China? No, this was in Korea. Um, so I assume South Korea, um, been collaborating with an American team. But it's, yeah, the, the head of the American team is, or the American side of the collaboration has is, is recently pulled out quite um, acrimoniously. Um, over this issue of um, of the question of ethics, this has been raised in a number of reports on on television and in, in print journalism. Now, the um, the head of this South Korean um, team, um, a doctor by the name of Hang Woo Suk, um, he is still claiming his, his innocence and still claiming that, that these allegations are false, and is in conducting his own inquiry into what's going on. Um, but this is the the story that's that's been happening at the moment. Well, it really does generate a lot of hysteria, doesn't it? And rightly so too. You think the hysteria is right? Oh, I think, well, surrounding, you know, 
eggs being taken from here and there and being used for purposes other than, you know, what people claimed or thought that they were donating them for. It's just like taking sperm from a whole heap of guys and going, oh, here, let's go and use it for, you know, IVF treatments and guys who don't even realise that their sperm's being used to create children. So, you know, I can understand that women in the same way would, you know, it's exactly the same, really. Yeah, well, I mean, cloning, for starters, is a very touchy issue, obviously, mm. in terms of ethics to begin with, before we get into any, any of these these other sort of issues. I mean, there are a lot of people, and um, quite rightly so, I feel, that, that are fairly nervous about um, the possibilities of human cloning, though I'm sure there are there are many diverse views, views on that. So f- some of the examples of... What we, why we would want to clone a person in the first place? Well, there's, there's basically there's two um, very different sort of applications. The first is cloning, as I say, cloning stem cells, um, so that we can get cells before they turn into something else, and we can do useful things with them. So that's something that that most of the people who are trying to clone humans are doing. But there's the whole other issue of cloning actual people, fully saying, okay, we have someone, we're going to clone them. Um, and it's important to realise, common misconception, that, say, if you were to clone me, um, that you'd suddenly have another 25-year-old fat guy sitting beside me in the studio, and there'd be now two of us. But it doesn't quite work that way. Um, what we have to do when we create a clone, we can create a, a genetic copy of someone, but they have to be born as a, as a new baby, just like anything else. So, it, in real terms, it's nothing that much more inherently sinister than, than making an identical twin of someone, but just born, you know, a lot later. So, Matt, when he's 50, could turn around to his 25-year-old self and warn him for everything that's going to happen in the next 25 years. That's all, that's right. All, all my broken dreams you and failed ambitions. Or you could yes. harvest his organs. Or harvest the organs, as in the, the recent sci-fi movie, The Island, I believe, was essentially people yeah. making clones, breeding them up so that when they needed an organ, to knock off the clone and, and get them. Um, but there are actually, you know, I guess, less sort of macabre um, uses proposed as well. For instance, and this is quite serious, um, people are putting forward the idea of cloning people to essentially replace dead loved ones. Um, so, for instance, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know, a couple of parents, your three, four-year-old child killed in a car accident or something like that, something that's obviously not something wrong with them, like a genetic disease, but just an accident that happens to your child. Well, the idea is, you know, before all their cells die, get some DNA out, put it into a new cell, clone them, and then you have your child over again, an exact copy of that person. But of course, uh, there is a lot more to what a person is than just your genes. Mm. Um, So can you imagine being brought up to be someone else, even if you're their, their exact genetic genetic copy. If you're Talk expected to, ab- absolutely, you're expected to behave the same way. You know, obviously, you'd probably be given their toys, sleep in their room, whatever. But but you wouldn't really be that It'd person. It'd be incredibly confusing, especially for a child being brought up as somebody else. But that somebody else is you, but you from a different time. And I'm trying having cruel and unusual. Yeah. Yeah. A- another. Scary. Yeah. Another. I guess slightly less scary proposal is basically using cloning as a kind of a super IVF. So for parents that the IVF process won't even work for, what you can do is we'll just, just clone one of the parents. Um, so if we can't even get IVF to work, well, let's get someone else's eggs that do work, but we'll put our, you know, the genetic material from the dad or the mum into that egg, um, and so we can basically just clone one of the parents um, if we but can't sort of... Isn't there a slight problem that clones aren't even identical twins, that if you grow a clone, it doesn't grow up exactly the same as a twin brother would, for example, because the environment in the womb is different and the cloning process still isn't quite right and the clones aren't always healthy. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, 
Um, I mean, the, these questions about the ethics of cloning and the rights and wrong and whether we should do it, I suspect they'll go on for, for quite some time. But um, while we have these discussions about whether it's right or wrong, like it or not, the technology is marching on. Um, for instance, in Australia, we're, we're reviewing now our laws. At the moment, we can't... Um, it, it's forbidden to, to even clone uh, even the stem cells um, to, to do any kind of research in Australia. But this law is being reviewed. And I suspect the laws could go backwards and forwards to, for quite some time. But as I say, the, the technology is out of the box at the moment. And I think society needs to quite quickly come up with an answer for what we're going to do about this issue. Well, I suppose in the meantime, until we figure out what's happening with human cloning, we'll, or Hollywood will be bringing us a lot more ethical ideas and putting those up on our big screen for us. So let's see what the next few years hold. And finally, some late breaking news. You can get around Sony's CD copy protection evil by using tape. Not cassette tape, but a fingernail-sized square of duct tape applied to the outer edge of the CD. When the CD plays, the computer can still see the music, but no longer is forced to infect itself with Sony's Spy and Destroy software. Regular listeners will remember that the last time Sony tried such anti-customer tricks, drawing a line with a black marker pen around the edge of the disc was enough to defeat them. When your throat tickles, scratch your ear. According to Dr. Scott Schaefer, president of the Ear, Nose and Throat Specialty Center in Gibbsboro, New Jersey, when the nerves in the ear are stimulated, it creates a reflex in the throat that can cause a muscle spasm. The spasm relieves your tickle. In Germany, Taras Usichenko discovered that coughing during an injection can lessen the pain of the needle. Coughing causes a sudden, temporary rise in pressure in the chest and spinal canal, inhibiting the pain-conducting structures of the spinal cord. Don't, just don't thrash about too much. Only you can prevent cerebrocryptosis. Brain freeze is a headache you get after too much ice cream or Slurpee. To get rid of it, press your tongue flat against the roof of your mouth, covering as much as you can. Since the nerves in the roof of your mouth get extremely cold, your body thinks your brain is freezing, so it compensates by overheating, causing an ice cream headache. The more pressure you apply to the roof of your mouth, the faster your headache will subside. Thank you for listening for another week at Discovery. Contributing this week, we had Ian Wolfe, Matthew Francis, Noel Hanna and Dr Tim Baines. Producing the show this week was Ian in the 2SER studios in Sydney with a bit of technical assistance there from Matthew Francis. You can listen to our shows at feeds.feedburner.com slash discoveryradio and we're broadcast all around Australia via the Community Broadcasting Network. I'm Jackie Pepper and I expect to see you back here same time, same place next week for another show of Discovery.